When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good evening, my friends, and welcome to a brand new episode of Terror Radio Podcast. If this is your first time joining me, then welcome. This is a podcast dedicated in bringing you the best of horror and thriller, old-time radio broadcasts, as well as original stories. I'm your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd, and hoping everyone had a very enjoyable as well as safe Halloween. I literally watched marathons or horror films all day. The episode tonight is called Death and Sin. And I pose these two questions for you. Number one, can death be defeated? And if so, at what cost? Question number two, what do you consider to be the unforgivable sin ponder those for a minute so without further ado this is terror radio the two radio series highlighted tonight are the hermit's cave and the weird circle the radio play featured on the hermit's cave tonight is entitled the search for life and was first broadcasted on April 12th, 1942. The Weird Circles, The Heart of Ethan Brand, is an adaptation from Nathaniel Hawthorne's short story entitled The Unpardonable Sin. And this was first broadcasted on February 13th, 1944. So, you know the drill. Sit back, turn down the lights, and listen to The Search for Life, followed by The Heart of Ethan Brand. The Mummers in the Little Theater of the Air. Now, the hermit is ready to begin. <laughs> Scientist has to work hard. I've barely seen you these past few weeks. 
You've never worked this hard before. And I've never done anything like this before. Here, let me seat you. <sighs> Thank you. What are you doing, Hale? Vera, have you been in my laboratory? I, well, I only went in the other day to clean up. I didn't notice that you had cleaned up. Same to me. You came back before I had a chance to do any cleaning. But uh, being somewhat of a chemist yourself, you studied my notes, eh? Well, they were there on the desk. I couldn't help but read them. Hmm. Hale, you must stop it. Stop this experiment immediately. What I'm doing is nothing more than other men have done before me. The creation of the elements the body needs to live on and on. Yes, possibly the chemical and operative procedure for the recreation of a dead person. Recreate a dead person? Well, that's impossible. Why is it? Why is anything impossible if you know the cause and effect and the properties that make it up? Hale, drop it, please. Don't go ahead with this thing. If you succeed, you'll control a thing that was never meant to be controlled. Yes. I shall control death. And the world will bow to you, flock to you at first. And then they'll grow to hate you and despise you for what you've done. They'll seek you out and kill you. Because if death was not to be, someone else would have changed it aeons ago. Hale, you must stop this experiment before you get to Coming. Why, Court Mander. Hello, Nada. I came as soon as I received your message from Mr. Browson. Come in. Oh, I'm glad to see you, Court. You know, I've tried for almost a week to get in touch with you. In here. I've tried equally hard to make contact with you. You're a celebrity now. Oh, you don't do so badly in that laboratory yourself. Won't you sit down? Well, thanks. I can only stay a few minutes. Hale Browson is rather exacting since he's perfected his experiment. Oh, let's not talk about him. I seem to be afraid of his very name. Bringing dead people back to life. Doing miracles. I'm his assistant. You're not afraid of me? Someone I've known all my life. Grew up with. Don't be silly. Of course I'm not afraid of you. Well, Nada Arling, the actress. I never believed it would be like this. You doubted my sincerity or my ability? No, I never doubted either. But that night six years ago when you went away, why, well, that's the way I've always pictured you. I've never forgotten that night, Court. Nor I. I wish we could have had this meeting when I first arrived. Then you're leaving? I must, Court. But why? Is it always going to be like this? I said six years ago, if I ever married, it would be you. But I can't turn back now. I have contracts. Doesn't the I... fact that something inside both of us is slipping away mean anything to you? Our youth is slipping away, and that's the only thing I have. Our relative proportions and understandings are what I oh, meant. That's not true. Because I'm Nada Arling and your assistant to Hale Browson, the new creator, even that can't change. Me. I don't like my position, Nada. That of waiting for me or as a research scientist? Both, but I'm afraid of the latter. I'm surprised. Mr. Browson's discovery has made him the most important person in the world. And you're basking in every glory that's his. That may mean a great deal to you, but to me it's something horrible. I only accepted the position as Browson's assistant for one reason. You accepted him? It was the other way around. No. He told me what to expect. But I was willing to chance it then. Now I know I was wrong. Already it has begun to show itself. We're going to work the other way. The other way? To work again? 
against creation? Yes. Hale Browson gave his discovery to the world, thinking its greatness would overshadow any evils it might give rise to. And instead, its evils have overshadowed its greatness and has gone beyond control. Of course. What you contemplate is murder. There's no alternative, Nada. Oh, what of the good you've done? Good? You haven't seen some of those old people we treat continually. We give them life when their souls cry out to die. That's what we're doing. And everyone calls it good. You've changed, Court. I didn't know. I'm sorry, Nada. I shouldn't have come here. You know how I feel about you. I'm entering another world, and you are the only thing that remains between me and... Well, I can stop now. Leave Browson. You and I could go where no one knows us. Oh, that'd be running away, Court. Something that never solved anything. I know what to expect as I am now. I'm realizing an ambition. And I, I can't give it all up in a moment. No. I guess you couldn't. I should have known. Where does your tour take you? My boat leaves for South America at six tomorrow morning. Coase. Yes, Nana? I want you to promise me something. All right. That you'll forget Hale Browson and what you plan to do. Will you promise? I... All right. Yes, I promise. I hope you mean that. Oh, I do. I do mean it. Are you going to board your boat tomorrow morning? No, later this evening. They're giving me a reception, and when I leave there, I'm going directly to the boat. I see. Leaving so soon? Yes, sir. I have to be getting back. Are you going to tell Mr. Browson tonight? Tonight? Why, uh, that's what I'm going to do now. I'll probably see you at the boat later. Well, why such an abrupt departure? I wanted to... Strangely, yes. Good evening, Mr. Browson. Court. What on earth brings you here at this hour of the night? I wasn't expecting you until morning. I had to talk to you. Hmm. Come on in. Must be rather important to bring you away from Miss Arling. Sit down. Thank you. Seem quite upset about something. I, I am. What's on your mind, Court? Do you mind if we close that door? I certainly not. I'll close it. There. Now, what's troubling you? Hell... Have you told Mrs. Browson what we intend doing? No, I haven't. Naturally, I haven't told anyone. Good. Hale, before we start allowing them to die when they should, I'm going to kill Nada Arling and bring her back to life. But why? Why should you want to kill her? You're going to marry the girl. That's what I had hoped. But it's all changed now. And why have you come to me? You know almost as much about the procedures yes, as I. Yes, that's true. But I don't know what chemicals not to use in order that her brain will remember only to a certain point and not beyond. She won't marry you? No. Her career is more important to her than I am. You know, this is murder. But I'll bring her back to life. And in so doing, you intend creating her mind so it will forget its former fame? That's what I came to see you about. Hmm. So far, our creations have been with everything but the mind. That we've been unable to change. When we brought people back to life, their memory patterns remained the same. Now, I know you've been carrying on further research along this line. Court, I have. My first experiment was tonight. What was the result? Just a moment and I'll show you. Come with me to my laboratory. Who was it? Oh, a derelict who had died. Now, uh, just a moment before you enter. The experiment wasn't entirely successful. 
I brought the subject to life easily enough, but his brain... Well, you shall see. What, what was that? Wait until I snap on the light. In a cage. Looks all right. Doesn't seem to be anything wrong with him. Don't go too near that cage. He may look all right, Court, but I assure you he isn't. Look at his eyes. Yes, they have a wild, starey cast to them. And it's gibberish. Does that sound like to you? It's almost like... like an animal. Yes. He wasn't insane before he died. No. He died of a heart attack. Well, then how did he become like this? I reconstructed his brain exactly as it was. But the brain must manufacture something of its own that I don't know about. The only way I have of keeping him in that cage is to charge the bars with enough electricity to kill an ordinary man. It only stuns him. Well, for heaven's sake. What you see behind those bars is not a recreated human being, but a prehistoric man of gigantic strength. I wish we had some other place to work. That thing gets on my nerves, jabbering and growling. I can't let Varian know about this. We'll just have to stick it out, Court. Oh, uh, this formula of yours. Yes? We've been over it a thousand times, and still the answer's the same. Now, shut up. Court, please. Don't do that again. If he should break loose with the outer door locked, we wouldn't have a chance. Well, why don't we kill it? With what? Well, we could use a gun. Wouldn't have to go near it to kill it that way. Vera would hear. And besides... I couldn't do a thing like that. I'm not so sure I couldn't. Well, we'll find a more humane way than that. <laughs> and it's getting late. Time for me to go. I told Nada I'd meet her at the dock. Nada. Nada. Cole, I thought you'd wait on the ship. No, it's, it's best this way. I was rather hurt the way you left me this evening. I'm sorry, Nada. Well, come sit in the car a few moments. It's warmer in here. All right. Oh. I'm so glad you came down. So glad I was able to see you again before I left. Nothing could have kept me away. This will be a long trip. Yes. It will be. Of course. Is there something wrong? Hmm? No, no, no. Is there something troubling you? No. I just touched your hand. They're like ice. Well, it's just, uh, just chilly down here, that's all. <laughs> I, I was half afraid of you a moment ago. When I looked in your eyes, they seemed to be staring at me oddly. I want to remember you in case I... Yes? In case I don't see you again. Oh, we'll see each other again, Court. I'm sure of that. So am I. You know, I've waited ever since we got in the car for you to tell me about Mr. Browson. Mr. Browson? Your break with him. You made it, didn't you? Break? Oh, yes. Yes, I told him just what I was going to do. Oh, such a weight lifted from my mind. Now I can leave without being afraid for you. Yes, that's right. That's all past now. When I come back from this tour, it'll be to the young scientist I knew six years ago. Remember that. Remember that. Cord, you look so strange. Remember the past, Nada. Cord, what are you doing? Cord, Nada, don't struggle, please. 
Just breathe deep. This poison is sure. I'll wake you soon. Oh, Nada, wherever you are, hear me. Believe me. You're the only life I have. I'll bring you back. But you must remember only the past. You must remember things as they were before. You must remember only the past. Later, Arling slumps over dead. Will court man succeed in making her remember only the past? What will happen when he brings her back to life? And the medieval monster in Hale Browson's laboratory. What about him, eh? The hermit will tell you before the night is done. <laughs> now the hermit again. <laughs> Court Manda has brought Nader Arling to Hale Browson's laboratory. Mr. Browson is making preparations for the final operation on Nader Arling's brain. Have those clamps ready. Court, place your fingers here while I put these clamps. Now, not too much. Tear apart. I'm holding it. Will those creases smooth out when I let go? Yes, when I inject these chemicals. There. Clamps are in place. Now for the injections of this fluid. I'm ready for that now. Gently, gently. Now release your fingers slowly. Slowly. Careful, careful. Oh, this growling frightened me. These clamps slipped when you moved. I have to put them back on again. You cause anything more like that to happen, I'll take the shotgun and blow your head off. Hold your hand steady. Suppose the tissue's too long, it'll die again. We'll have everything to do all over again. There, I have it down again. Steady, steady. Now, forget him. Now, just a second. We'll be ready for the solution. Now. That's it. Release the pressure slowly. Slowly. Right. See? The creases aren't coming back. Hurry. Hand me that piece of her skull that we cut away. Here it is, in this case. Ah, you bored all the holes in it so we could fasten it down in place? Yes, they're ready. Now help me again. We must replace it exactly as it was cut away. I marked it. Good. Ah, yes. I see the marks. <laughs> turn it just slightly. There. Hold it in place while I fasten it. <laughs> That monster grabbed his cage and the electric shock made him scream. The lights! Court, they're dimming! Court, he's holding onto the cage and shouting the current! I can't see to work! I stopped this surgery, our work is useless. Do something quickly! Oh, the lights have gone out now. Must have caused the fuse to blow. We haven't any time to waste. Do something, man! That. That thing. Is he free? No, he's still in his cage. He's uh, on the floor. Electricity must have stunned him. Look over there. There's a candle. Light it quickly. Yes, I see it. Quick, bring it here. We must finish this operation. My fingers are growing numb holding this tissue in place. We can finish before that thing in the cage comes to. Can you see by this candle? Oh, I must. Hurry. I think I hear him stirring in his cage. 
Can you see if he is? No, there isn't enough light to see that far. With the cage intact. I didn't have time to look. Hey, I have one clamp in place on the skull. I'll have another in a moment. What was that? I didn't hear anything. Here, hold the candle closer. Nada's coming, too. I can see her breathing. I must hurry. We still have to bandage her head. Oh, I can't seem to get this other clamp through the hole in the skull. Her breath is coming faster and louder now. I can hear it. Watch where you're holding the candle. I can hear her breathe, Hale. Once I get this fastened, the rest will be easy. She's breathing so loudly, I... Hale, behind you! What? The man! He's out of his cage! He's coming toward us! He'll kill us! Wait! We're your friends! Wait! We're going to help you! See? Come! Come, follow me! Hale, Nada! She's going to be all right for a moment. We must get him back to the cage. Now, that's it. Come along! Court. He's watching you and Nada. He's motioning for you to get away from Nada. Watch out, Hale. He's reaching for you. He's crushing my arm. Court. Quick, there's a hypodermic needle on the table. Get it. Yes, I have it. He's watching me now. Look. Look what I have here. This will make you feel better. Come just a little closer. Get him with that needle. His fingers are crushing my arm. Oh, now, just a little closer. I won't hurt you. Let go of me. Let go. Court, get him with the hypo quickly. He's loosening his hold on me. In a moment, I might be able to pull free. He's staring at Court. Look. Nada is getting up from the operating table. No. No, she can't. The operation isn't finished. Use the hypodermic for her, Court. Hurry before she stands up. See? She's sitting up now. Nada, lie down. Lie down. Oh, get back, you... He doesn't want you to go near her. Man. Nada. Speaking. Man from the past. We are going back, you and I. And we will take Court Mander and Hale Browson with us. Court! Man from the past. Bring Mr. Browson here. Court! Do something! Help me! Court Mander... Try to move. I, I can't. I, I can't move. No. You want to. But I now control your will. They can let me go. He's killing me. Poor Cockroach, I didn't bring her here. Have her make this inhuman monster. Let me go. Hail Browson. You must die. No, no, you can't do this to me. It's murder. You have murdered many. But it's just different. It was the only way. Man from the past, you must hurry. I'm not much longer for this earth. Fingers! They're crushing my head! My head! My head! Man from the past. You would be dead. You're not for this world. They brought you back against your will. Court Mander, you spoke of shooting this man. Where is the gun? In the gun rack. On the wall there. Get it. 
bring it here. Point the gun at that poor, mixed-up soul of yesterday with the body of today. No. No. Now, so that he may have peace and rest, pull the trigger. No. Pull the trigger, I say. I haven't much more time. Court Mander, you and Hale Browson have been violating the eternal law. Man is born to die, and die he must. Your soul will never rest in this world, but it will never come back. There is one more shot in the gun court. Yes, Nada. Hand the gun to me. Yes, Nada. I, I must lie down on the table here. Stand in front of me. Yes. I am here. This is the end of the world you created. Now we may all rest in our grave. Share a joke, Brother Barton. A wonderful, colossal joke. No man enjoys laughing alone, you know. Come in. Come in, Ethan. Oh, I don't fancy myself laughing at your jokes. Sit a few minutes. I have a new fireman coming to keep the kill going tonight. 
I'll have to go out directly and get him started. Don't fidget, Brother Barton. You've a lifetime to tend the fires of the lime kill while I... <laughs> My good Brother Barton, I've quite a tale to tell you. In fact, you can't relish the joke until you've heard the strange story of my wickedness. You haven't changed, have you, Ethan? Oh, yes. Yes. Much for the worse. I've learned to manipulate men as a chess player would move his pawns. I've made men commit crimes they had never dreamed of. And I've enjoyed every moment of my evil life. Oh, you're still as crazy as ever. What are you talking about? You'll understand when you hear my story. And by the way, Barton... I haven't been able to finish my search. I haven't yet found the unpardonable sin. You're talking in riddles, Eve. Now, I'm a plain man. Talk to me simply. Don't tell me you've forgotten. Forgotten our long talks as we used to watch the fires of the lime kill together. I'm not likely to forget working side by side with you. I don't recall all you've had to say, though. You talk wild and crazy most of the time. Sometimes when you stood poking the fires in the kill and the sparks flew round and the red glare lit up that cynical smile you always wore, you... You look like the devil himself. <laughs> it was at just such a time, brother, when my face still glowed from the heat of the lime kill, that we began to talk of the unpardonable sin. Think back, Barton. Think back to a certain day when we stood together on the side of Mount Greylock firing the furnace. Stand back, Ethan, while I stow in this log. We don't need it. Fire's going good enough now. All right, then. Get up the door. I like to watch a blazing fire. I guess it's about the only excitement I get. What a life. Why don't you go to the city, Ethan? Get some kind of job there. I don't want some kind of job. I don't want to work just for the sake of working and making money. I'm not made like that. Sometimes I think, brother, you're not made like anybody else in this world. You flatter me, Barton. But there is no doubt that I'm unique. Yes, the only thing that would drive me to labor industriously would be some unusual, interesting motive. A wicked motive, if I know you. I'll bet my life on it. Before you die, Ethan, you're going to commit some kind of unpardonable sin. Unpardonable sin. Now, what does that mean? Unpardonable sin. We don't all yield the same temptations. Our weaknesses are all different. Our sins are different. And which sin is unpardonable? Well, I guess I don't rightly know, but the way I look at it, a man's weakness can lead him to sin and maybe to an unpardonable sin. Now, take Willie Sheridan coming along there riding up. Horses are his folly. Maybe they could lead him to commit his unpardonable sin. Well, he ought to be tending to his paper mill, but instead here he comes in the middle of the day horseback riding. Hiya, boys. Fine day. Sure is, Willie. Good hunting, Willie. What? You've inspired me. You've given me a reason for living. I'm going out in search of the unpardonable sin. By hickory, I almost think you mean it. You got the same kind of expression you used to have when we were kids and you'd pull wings off of flies just to watch them wriggle. A minor experiment, Barton. But now I shall embark on a master plan, on a large-scale experiment in sin. Find out a man's weakness and you can control his life. And perhaps make him commit the unpardonable sin. It should make a lifetime of interesting research. No doubt, Ethan. No doubt. Hey, look. Look over there in the valley. Must be a big fire. There's a lot of smoke. Yes, looks like it. 
Isn't that Willie Chowden's place? Yeah, it's just about where it is, all right. Say, if there's a fire in his stables, Willie will be fit to be tied. Well, Willie was on his way home just now. I think I'll run over and see the excitement. I always did like a fire. Surely you haven't forgotten that day, Brother Barton. The day Willie's stables burned down. When they arrived, Willie was running around frantically, not accomplishing very much. Some of his horses were trapped, and there was nothing anybody could do about it. As I watched Willie's mounting hysteria, I suddenly decided I had meant what I had said about the unpardonable sin. And I realized I could go about my research in a cold-blooded way. Willie would be my first experiment. He had, as we all know, a bad temper. And his fights with Tom, his groom, were known around the whole countryside. So I went up to Will and I said... Willie... You know how the fire started. No, no, no. I'd give anything in the world to find out. Must have been somebody's confounded carelessness. Or revenge, maybe. What? Revenge? What? what do you mean? Speak up, man. You must know Tom hates you. Everybody heard him say he'd get even someday. Oh, I see it, Tom. Yes, it all adds up. I had a quarrel with Tom just before I took out the new filly. Look... Look at Tom leaning against the fence, that satisfied smile on his face. He's got his revenge, all right. Why, that dirty up. I'll fix him. I'll kill him. Hold on, I'll kill him. Now, don't lose your head, Willie. Hey, what's the matter, Willie? Somebody stop him. He's got a pitchfork. Let me go, Willie. It wasn't. It wasn't Tom's fault. Tom wasn't even here. Too bad, wasn't it, Barton, that Willie had such a bad temper and loved his horses so much. Those weaknesses led him to murder. As I stood looking at Tom's body, I wondered, was murder the unpardonable sin? But I knew that though the law would punish him, most people would find it in their hearts to forgive Willie. I would have to look further for that unpardonable sin... As I walked away from the fire and the crime and past the burning stables, I suddenly felt that I was two persons. Oh, not good and bad, as the Morris believe. But I felt I was two bad persons in one body. I know it sounds fantastic to your matter-of-fact mind. But to me it was clear. One of my cells was inexperienced in evil. But I knew I had an older self, a second soul as aged as the world and great in the knowledge of men and wickedness. And as I walked down the road in the evening shadows, my second soul spoke to me. Ethan Brand, you're a rare bird. You're cold, calculating, completely without heart. We ought to go far. And if you listen to me, I'll set you on top of the world. That might be interesting. How do we begin? First, you must have money. Not too much to start with. It would look suspicious. Ethan, your old friend Esther will help you. Esther? Esther's only a clerk in a bank. That's what I was thinking. Remember, Ethan, find the person's weakness, and you can control his life. Ethan, you... Are Esther's weakness. Go to Esther and say... I'm not going to see you anymore, Esther. 
I want to give you a chance to forget me. Oh, Ethan, I can never do that. Goodness knows I, I wish I could, but I just can't get you out of my mind and, and my heart. I... I guess I've never really explained myself. You see, I'm not the type to be satisfied with a little cottage with a white fence all around and a clothesline in the backyard. I want the best, and I want my wife to have the best. If I had a future and money, I'd ask you to marry me tomorrow, Esther. Ethan, you've never said that before. You've never mentioned marriage. I've never had the right. Oh, Ethan. And now, ironically, the chance of a lifetime has come to me. I have an opportunity to buy a share in a good business. All I need is small capital. But, of course, I I can't even think about it. Well, there must be some way to get the money. How much do you need, Ethan? $10,000. Of course, I'd only need it for a short time. Once I had an interest in the business, I could borrow money and pay back the 10000 in a few months. Yes, yes, of course you could. Ethan, let me help. You know, Mother left me quite a little income. No, I, I didn't know that. But you don't think I'd take money from you? From a woman? Oh, I'm not any woman. I'm the woman you're going to marry. Please, Ethan. Please let me help you. All right, Esther. But I wouldn't take help from any other woman in the world. You see, brother, how easy it was to get people to do what you want. It was like playing a fascinating, mischievous game. That night, as I walked home from Esther's in the moonlight... My second self spoke again. You handled that nicely, Ethan. Esther will have that money just when you need it. It'll just take a little time to arrange matters. And what do I do now? Ethan, call on Willie's poor, bewildered, beautiful sister, Grace Sheridan. Offer your sympathy over the recent tragedy. Grace can be a big help to us, Ethan. Yes, Yes, that's a brilliant suggestion. I'll see that my talk with Grace Sheridan is highly satisfactory. And that the results are according to plan. Awfully nice of you to come and see me, Ethan. I'm just so confused. Willie was so crazy about the horses, he neglected the mill, I'm afraid. Tell you the truth, I'm going to be lucky if I don't have to go into bankruptcy. Grace, let me help you. What? I'd like to put some money into the mill, manage it for you. Oh. You see, paper interests me. Paper's used for a thousand purposes. It's used all over the world. I'd turn your paper mill into a big business. Well, you sound like a miracle, Ethan. You really mean this? With all my heart. Well, how much money can you put into the mill? About $10,000. That's fair enough. Then it's settled. Fine. Here's to my very charming senior partner. It's funny, Ethan, that we haven't seen much of each other in these years. Where have you been all the time? Just waiting. Waiting for this day and this moment. And we're going to see a lot of each other from now on, Grace.
Everything happened, Barton, just as I had planned. Esther brought me the $10,000. I bought the interest in the mill. And soon the long-neglected business was going along far better than we had dreamed. I became a leading citizen. Then one night, as I was turning out the light to go to bed, I heard the voice of my second self. Ethan, it's time you made some political connections. For you and I are going farther than this small town and this state. Yes, I... I've been thinking about that. Your man, of course, is Jake Sampson. You must make him indebted to you. You've heard the gossip about Sampson, haven't you, Ethan? Yes, everybody talks about it. Jake's a big man. The political boss in this state, and he could go far if it weren't for a woman. The woman he can't get rid of. Jake will be at the Chateau, the gambling casino outside town tomorrow night. And you must make a friend. A loyal, grateful friend out of Jake Sampson at any cost, Ethan. At any cost. What better place, Barton, to study men than at the tables of chance? Perhaps there, I thought, I would find the unpardonable sin. So, the next night, I went over to the chateau, and I finally found Jake Sampson brooding over a glass of brandy. Hello, Ethan Brand. Join me. Help me drown my sorrows. You certainly do look despondent, Sampson. What's the trouble? Uh, I'm putty. Just putty. You mean putty in a woman's hands? You're a mind reader, Ethan. Then I guess everybody knows my personal affairs. I can be as hard as nails about everything else in the world except... A woman. It's the old story, isn't it? You've ceased to care, and the woman's still wrapped up in you. Yes. She's not come along with me. You know what I mean? I've gone up, and Babette has stayed just the same. I tried to explain it to her again tonight, but it's no use. I'm a man doomed to the woman he doesn't want. You ought to let me take over. I use direct, hard methods. She's, uh, she's right over there, Ethan. That little blonde in a red dress at the roulette table. I see her. Well, Samson, maybe I can do you a favor. I'd never forget it, Ethan Brand. I'll never forget it. <laughs> You're not having much luck tonight, are you, Babette? This night or any other night. Say, how do you know my name? I asked somebody. I think you're very attractive. Ah, oh, save the sugar. Well, maybe you'll bring me luck. Mister, all I got left in the world is $50. What'll I do? Put it all on the black or just part of it? I can't make such an important decision for you. But then you see, I'm a gambler. I gamble all or nothing. Yeah, me too. Here, here's 50 bucks. All on the black. Now, watch that old wheel. Red! Red! I win! I win! And I've lost everything. Well, goodbye, mister. Hope you have better luck than I have. Oh, uh, just a minute, Babette. I'm going for a walk. Let me come along. Why not? Say, the lake looks cold, don't it? Come on, let's walk down there. All right. Say, who'd you ask about me when you found out about my name? Jake Sampson. 
I asked him if he minded if I tried to, uh, cut in. What did he say? Was he... Was he mad? No. No, not at all. He said that you and he had parted. Jake seemed glad that I was interested in you. Oh, he was, was he? Yes. Yes, Jake was full of plans tonight. Of course, you know he's going to be married tomorrow. She's an awfully nice woman, and she'll be a big help to... Wait a minute. Say, say that again. No. No, don't. I give up. I know something like this is coming. But Jake ought to told me himself. You know, right? Oh, I'm awfully sorry. Perhaps Jake just didn't have the courage to tell you. Oh, go away, mister. Leave me alone. I want to walk by myself. All right. You, uh, you won't get lost down there by the lake. It's slippery on those wet rocks. Thanks for telling me. Well, goodbye, Babette. Goodbye. Hurry, Ethan. Hurry, so you won't be caught near the lake. No one must see you running away from the drowning. After Babette's suicide, Jake Sampson began to make great political plans for me. So, Barton, I had two things I needed for advancement. A growing business and political backing. Then one evening, Esther came to my house. Ethan, I... I've got to have that money back quickly. You see, I I stole it. I stole it from the bank. I I took it in dribbles and fixed the books so they wouldn't find out, but in a few days the accountants are coming, Ethan. But, Esther, you, you told me it was money from your mother's estate. Oh, I lied, Ethan. I lied. I wanted you to have the money. I thought we were going to be married. We are going to be married, Esther, very soon now. And I'll get you that money by noon tomorrow. Oh, Ethan, I knew you wouldn't let me down. I, I knew it. I... I've got to go now, dear. Goodbye, Ethan. Goodbye, Esther. Ethan, you must not marry Esther. I've never for a moment seriously considered it. Grace is the woman for you, Ethan. I know that. Don't I know I'd get full ownership of the mill from Grace? Besides, she has the social connections I need. You must get rid of Esther some safe way. She's the kind of woman who would be troublesome... The kind would fight for you. Hang on to the end. You must get rid of Esther without hurting yourself. Yes, but how? How? Remember your rule, Ethan. Control people through their weaknesses. Now, Charles Townsend, the president of Esther's bank, loves power. Power over people. He likes to make people suffer. He acts quick. And he has no mercy. Go to Townsend now, tonight, and say to him... Mr. Townsend, I've come as a friend to do you a favor. But in return, I'll expect one from you. Well, depends upon what it is, Mr. Brand. You must keep the source of the information I'll give you a secret. My name must be out of it. Hmm. That's a reasonable request. But should you just happen to forget, and just, of course, by accident, mention my name... I'm afraid I'd be forced to take my banking business elsewhere. Why, really, Mr. Brand? Now, uh, <clears throat> what do you take me for? Uh, now, what's on your mind? I just thought you might like to know one of your clerks has stolen $10,000. What? Who? Which one is it? Esther, I'd advise you to get to the bank early in the morning, Mr. Townsend, and check the books. Check the books early. 
Well, Brother Barton, that brings us up to date. I should be sitting very pretty indeed. Esther is out of my way in the state penitentiary. I'm engaged to Grace Sheridan. I shall be owner of a prosperous mill. And Jake Sampson has great political plans for me. Yes, Barton. I'm on my way to that coveted place on top of the world. You're mad, Ethan. Start mad. You and your second self. Get out of my house. But wait, brother. You haven't heard the end. You haven't shared my joke. I'm on my way to the top. But I'm never going to get there. I came here from Dr. Myers. I haven't been feeling very well lately. I made him tell me the truth. I've but a few months to live. I'll never realize any of the glory ahead for me. Isn't it a joke, brother? A colossal joke. What are you made of, Ethan? You don't even care about yourself, do you? Doesn't seem to mean anything that you're going to die. Not a thing. I don't know why I haven't any feeling, any emotion, Barton. But there it is. I haven't. Well, I've had quite a career, haven't I, brother? And to think it all started over a search. A search for the unpardonable sin. Which I never did find. Ethan, you caused a girl to steal. Drove a woman to suicide and egged down a man to murder. You found the unpardonable sin, Ethan. You've committed it by deliberately leading people into temptation. The unpardonable sin, Ethan, is in your own breast. Now, please get out. I can't stand the sight of you any longer. All right, Barton, if that's the way you feel. I think I'll go up on the side of Mount Greylock and have a last look on the scenes of my boyhood. See our rustic lime kill once more. Then I shan't be going there. My new fireman knows his business anyway. I don't want to see you again, Ethan. But perhaps, brother, perhaps you shall. It didn't turn out, Ethan, as we planned, did it? No, but I've decided what I must do. Yes. Yes, it's the best way. Come. Come ahead. Joe, Joe, wake up. What a fine fireman asleep on the job. Wake up. Oh, oh, it is a bad head I have. Your brother, your brother Ethan, he, he socked me in the jaw, he did. Ah, the blasted fool. Uh, your brother wanted to stir the fires in the kill, but I, I wouldn't let him. The fires was just right. I, I didn't want no interference. So, so he socked me, he did. I, oh, I guess I've been out for some time. And look at that. The idiot left the furnace door open. Now wait till the fires are out. Joe. Joe. What's the matter now? Come here. Look. Look inside the furnace. The saint's preservers. The skeleton. A white skeleton of a man lying there on the red hot coals. Here. Here outside the door on the ground is the man's hat. Maybe it's your brother. Yes, it belonged to Ethan Brand. Ah, he must have been a madman for sure. Joe, hand me those prongs. Yes, sir. Uh, here they are. What, uh, what are you finding now? There. There on the skeleton is a hard object. There's a lump on the breast. Ah, so there is. Why, why it's the shape of a, of a human heart. Here, look at it. It's, it's marble. It's a marble heart. Oh. 
time-worn pages of the past, we have brought you the immortal tale, The Heart of Ethan Brand. Bellkeeper, toll the bell! show for tonight i want to thank you all for listening and remember you can find me on facebook at facebook.com slash terror 1970 or you can find me on instagram at radio show nerd or on twitter at radio show nerd one and if you want to drop me a line make a request a suggestion a even a critique please feel free to email me at radio show nerd at gmail.com I also have a YouTube channel, Terror Radio. Please check it out. Subscribe. Like the videos. It will be highly appreciated. Again, this is your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd, signing off. Hello, Ariel. Did you want to listen in on me and Rock enjoying ourselves? Don't encourage Should I describe to you what we're doing um, right now? Picasso, <laughs> what's going on? Let's see. Look, these wind shells document anything you do in order to banish the spirits. I don't banish spirits. I'm fixing the tango. Of course, we can't open a new hole into the Aetherweb every year. But spirits aren't always bad. Are Those they? are exactly the reason Tangleweeds happened in the first Akasar, place. I'm sure Rocka knows how to get through a water gate without disrupting the magic bell. So what happens when there's a hole in the weave? Does magic <laughs> pour out? It is already broken! Let more of air into this world! I'll destroy Wait, no, every single no. one of them! You've had enough already! I will kill you, you filthy Whoa, whoa, whoa! Calm down, Rocka! Try it, Feather Duster! God, ferocious Runemaster! Your friction will drive the weave away! Yarta. <sighs> In moments like these, I wish I could see the rooms. What's wrong, Raka? Is that Tangleweave maybe too difficult even for someone as great as you? Counterbalance, a high fantasy audio drama. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get podcasts from.